considering I like to start with a little something to just kind of get you thinking. So there was a family sitting down to their Thanksgiving dinner. And, uh, of course, mom had done a lot of decorating and fancying the house up. And in doing so, the kids come into the room and said, wow, this is really cool. Can't wait for Christmas. See that big Christmas tree. And the father says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't be talking about Christmas tree. Today it's all about the pole tree. All right. Uh, All right. At least you got it. At least you got it, right? Took you a second, but you got it. So it kind of leads me to where I'm going tonight. So it's very interesting how God works. Um, I've recently considered... uh, when the when the word tells us to be ready in season and out of season, do you know what it really, really means? I shared this with you, Anne, just a few weeks ago. To be ready to speak into somebody else's life at any moment in time. That's the in season and out of season. Whether it feels like it's something that should happen organically or not, we're to be prepared to do so. So, uh, the Lord's led me kind of in a, a journey through the past couple months with a particular topic, and uh, I, I'm believing tonight that he will open your eyes and open your ears that you can kind of receive from me that uh, what he's shown me, and, and uh, it'll be something that you sense in your heart, and you, you kind of you get uh, something out of it, right? So let's pray. I thank Pastor Gary and Pastor Nancy for opening the pulpit to me to be able to share with you guys tonight. It certainly is an honor. Um, I thank you for having me here yourself. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. And we thank you most of all that we're able to come together, that we're able to share the word of God and that you're able to minister in our lives. I pray for deaf ears, that they will be unstopped. We pray for uh, the blind eyes, that they will be open tonight, Lord. People will receive from you and that hearts will be blessed in your name. Amen. So I'm going to, interestingly enough, speak about Thanksgiving. <laughs> but here's kind of why, and it's more to do with many other things other than the fact that this is going to be Thanksgiving weekend. The timing just happened, and it's not by chance, it's by design. So do you know that Thanksgiving isn't just a holiday? But rather, it's to be considered a lifestyle for each one of us. It's a way of living. When we can learn to live that way, our lives can flourish. It's how God meters the return of his blessing to you. If it's a way of living, how do we change who we are today? Other than actively pursuing a change of thought process, right? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I'm not sure how you read that, but I kind of see that it means regardless what's going on, we're to thank God. If we truly take God as being in control, if we truly believe that God's interests for our lives are the best, outside of what our rational thinking is, then we truly have to trust whatever the situation is, there's a benefit or a good coming to us. It should change the way we deal with every circumstance in every situation. 
We don't always like the way they feel. But sometimes we need pruning or trimming. Sometimes we need to be polished to work out those things that aren't so strong in our lives, to make us more equipped. Philippians 4, 6 tells us not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So before we're even to let our requests be known to God, what are we supposed to have? A thankful heart. You can't receive unless you're truly thankful. All right. Anybody, anybody hear that? Yes. So how do you receive? Be okay, we're establishing some truths here, right? Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. Wow, seems to be a trend. If we really want the God's best in our lives, then we have to start by being thankful. So I could keep going. I've literally seen... Hundreds of scriptures that would lead me down the same thinking. So it was there because repetitive words into our thick skulls sometimes gain traction. That's the truth, right? God has not called any one of us just to show up. Did you hear me? Yes. He's not called any one of us just to show up. He has called each one of us for an individual purpose. A body fitly joined together. Well, the only way that works is if the hands work together. The only way the body walks is if the feet work with the legs. If the feet go that way and the legs go that way, we'll get a problem. Some people remember those days, right? <laughs> okay. And... I tell a joke, and it's, it, it, I don't know, it's just, it must be the water. <laughs> anyway, should we fail to fulfill the purpose directly? I'm going to say it again. Should we fail to fulfill the purpose directly, we not only cut off the blessing in our own lives, but we also take the blessing from others. If we don't do what God called us to do when he called us to do it, we're removing blessing from our own lives and stopping up blessing from others. Literally robbing God. Doesn't sound like a grateful heart. Okay. I'm not going to stay there too long. John Lyons referred to this. So some of the men here would hear some of this information previously because it's been something that I've been reading and studying for some time. So John referred to it on uh, Saturday as subordination. If you were in the military and you didn't do what you were called to do, you would be charged. It's an offense. And there's a fine to pay and maybe even jail time. Okay. So, we're all responsible for what we do. Now, you may not have to pay a fine. You may not have to go to jail for it. But you're going to have to stand before God and be accountable for it. So let's go back to where I started. Let's start with a thankful heart. It will change what we do in between. Okay? 
1 Corinthians 12, 26, and 27 says, If one part suffers, then every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. That's exactly what that's referring to. It's the fact that we're fitly joined together. We need one another. And when one suffers, we all suffer because we're not all doing what we need to do. The strength is in the unity. Romans 14.12 says, So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Well, let's stay repentant. That's all I can say about that. I got one amen. (laughs) Appreciate it. Support's all good. 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for us, for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So, my point is, we're responsible to one another. This is not an independence ship, right? In order to achieve God's fullness in our lives, we need one another. No one's going to do this by themselves, though we may think we can try. But I can tell you, it's like the Midas commercial, she's going to get lonely. Maybe that's Maytag. (laughs) You get the point, right? And I totally understand that we all get busy. We get distracted. Hey, Cyril. Distracted. (laughs) That, believe it or not, is the enemy's MO. To distract us. Because there is no excuses. We can make them, but there is none that's justifiable. We're responsible to one another. So please don't forget where I started. It's the grateful heart. Because when you got the grateful heart, the rest just happens. It starts with being thankful. It's Thanksgiving weekend. It starts right here. Okay, it's getting me down to that little bunny hole, see? Living a life full of gratitude. Where does that word gratitude really come from? That's a good question. Thank you. The root word means gratis. Gratis means pleasing, welcome, agreeable. Something like a great report, right? So here's how I see it. This is the first thought that crossed my mind as I'm reading this. Gratitude's broken down this way. Great attitude. But rather than say it as two words, we're just going to call it gratitude. So if you remove the goodness or the greatness from your gratitude, all you have is attitude. Hmm, how does that feel? (laughs) It's the truth, though, isn't it? Think about it, right? When you get attitude from somebody, there's no gratitude on the other side of that, right? There's nothing great about that experience either, by the way. So, if we go back five or six weeks ago, uh, Pastor Gary had originally spoke about the month of Elul starting, uh, which is a month that runs from about the last week of August to about the last of September. Very interesting, because uh, this month on Jewish calendar represented a time set aside for, and this is all to do with Thanksgiving, by the way, uh, spiritual repentance. 
This was a time that was dedicated for one particular purpose, and that was because of the oncoming high holiday. So the spiritual repentance kept you from receiving in the high holiday. So, so remember, we were talking about gratitude, having thanksgiving, living a life that's pleasing before God, fitly joined together. And now we're talking about if we can't have spiritual repentance in our lives, we don't get to move into the new things of God or the high holiday. So for us, it's not called the high holiday. We'll call it Thanksgiving, then Christmas slash New Year's. Again, the principle of the high holiday still holds true. Elul was a time set aside to examine oneself. The purpose of examining oneself was to prepare for blessing. Did you hear me? The purpose in examining oneself was to prepare for the blessing to follow. They were at the end of harvest season. You didn't get your full blessing from harvest season unless you allowed for the repentance or the forgiveness of past mistakes and past issues. The forgiveness actually moves forward because if you carry your unforgiveness into your new year, you don't get the blessing. You fight it again, and you're bringing the old business into your new year, which makes your new year an old year, by the way. There's nothing new about that. That's the same old stuff. How many times have you heard that? Same old year. Same old thing. How's your day? Same as yesterday. <laughs> well, if you're going to keep thinking about yesterday, yeah, it's going to be the same. So, the purpose of examining oneself was about getting into blessing. And where you're able to receive, receive the benefits or reap the benefits of your previous sowing, or determine and look at your shortcomings, basically so you didn't do it again, or miss another season, or another opportunity. So the blessing of the new year, where you can apply the success or the failure of your previous one into the coming new year, to determine how fruitful the new year was going to then become. And that was determined, again, by the success of your previous one. So if Elul was a month of introspection or examining yourself, which happens before we receive the completion of the harvest season, the two must be closely related, right? Okay. The idea of the self-examination was to prepare you for the maximizing of the harvest, the maximized blessing. It's totally up to us, folks. We determine our tomorrow by whether or not we follow God's guide today. God's guide today is that we give him thanks in everything, even when you don't like it. There's lots of things I do I don't like. But I'm grateful to God that I'm here. Amen. I'm grateful to God that I'm able to speak. We live in a country that's reasonably free, you know? <laughs> Much freer than most of the rest of the world, let's put it that way. 
God's, God's purpose for our lives is to give to us. The only thing stopping us is us. Okay. So it brings me to uh, the story uh, in Luke 8, four, uh, you don't have to go there. Uh, Luke 8, four, uh, verse 4 to 15 is the story of the sower and the seed. The whole part of the story that struck home to me is the fact that the types of soil that were in people's lives determine what gets actually planted and what will blow away given the right or wrong circumstance, what will stand the test of time and what won't, right? Um, Back to Elul or the introspection, it's meant to loosen the soil of our lives, basically to prepare us for a proper harvest so we're able to do what we need to do. Part of the harvest is dealing with the toil from the year before, allowing for your forgiveness and the release of the old before you get to proceed into your new. And if you won't let go of the old, well, unfortunately, there might be some problems. I was going to use an an example tonight. Um, There really wasn't enough people here for me to do this. So uh, the rain thing. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to just, I'll just tell you. So if you, if you literally, well, well, Jordan, come here. You can do this. We'll do this. Come here. So this here, I'm going to use this seat as, that's last year, okay? And, well, I'm going to use this. This is this year. And, well, I, I got this as more blessing. Oh. Come on now. You're not doing a good job. Here, let's try it again. There you go. Okay. So, okay. So, how are you doing with that, Jordan? Okay. Well, here, I got a guitar for you. Can you grab? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. So, you got that. Well, hang on. You're doing good. You're doing good. I got another guitar over here, Jordan. My, my. <laughs> my, my point is. Jordan's hands were full of things from the past. I'm trying to give him new things, and he couldn't take them. And if he did, he would just get messy. Don't we get caught up in the messy? Why do we get caught up in the messy? You've you've taken the grade away from the attitude, so you don't have any gratitude anymore, right? So we need to make sure our hands are free. Pastor Paul said this on one Saturday morning, and when we were talking something around the same lines, and, and he said, it, you know, sometimes you get one of those things, the light comes on for you, you know, you see something, and, and he said, yeah, so your hands are full with the past. How can you ever grab what's coming to you? You know, it's like the football player that's got his helmet off and somebody throws him the ball. He's going to get it in the face, right? It's going to hurt. Well, if we're not prepared, if we're still holding on to the things from the past, how are we going to be prepared for the things that God wants to give us in the future? Because if you're not prepared, you're not getting it. Or if you do get it, you'll probably lose it again. Why? Your hands were full, right? Like Jordan, if I had given him the second guitar, something was going to get broken. Yeah. Yeah. Me, probably. Joey was, <laughs> Joey, I'm going up there right now. <laughs> So what it comes down to is we can only juggle so much. 
God never intended for us to juggle unforgiveness. He never intended for us to juggle attitude. He hates attitude, by the way. (laughs) Attitude is right there with what? Not being humble, right? Okay. All right. Dropping the old will result in your ability to become comfortable in receiving the new. So with respect to the harvest season and moving into the new year, you get to take all the harvest that God's got for you, and you get to move into putting stuff into a storehouse that your cupboard's not empty. That's why they have the storehouse. Storehouse, we should all have one. So, in order to move into this, we have to be thankful. The attitude of gratitude. The Bible tells us to give and it shall be given, right? To get the release, first you have to... You have to do it first. Give and it shall be given, right? Love first, not last, right? Wouldn't it be better to be accused of somebody that gave it away too easily? than being the one that was too stingy. We watch movies about the stingy. Most of us won't stay up long enough to watch the other one. He's a little sappy, (laughs) right? That's how we see it. But the truth is we're supposed to live our lives that way, to bless people, be good to people. My question is this. What's your harvest look like? Are you grateful for what you have? Regardless of how much or how little, because those who are grateful in a little will end up with a lot more, I can assure you, because you then can be trusted. Paul said in Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 and 7, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Hmm. Contentment is everything. Being content is learning how to give God thanks, regardless where you're at. That's all it is. Contentment is saying thank you, regardless what it looks like. Bible tells us very clearly, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The truth is, most people don't believe it. If it's not tangible, it's not real. That's how we see it. And that's not the way God sees it. The forces that are unseen are more real than the ones that you do see. Understand that the forces that you don't see created the ones you do see. Do you understand that? That's where people are missing it. It's what you don't see that makes what you do see. So the attitude that you carry determines the outcome. Right? If we can have a great attitude, if we can be kind to people, if we can be gentle with people, if we can be loving to people, it just comes back to you. I did a little study, and I mentioned to the men a couple weeks ago, I, I, did, I, I get on on all these things, and I don't even know why, but, but I did a little study about forces of nature. And very, very interesting, because there's strong force in nature, That's what scientists call it, and a weak force. And then we have gravitational pull, and we have... It's very interesting, because if you look at life, 
Life shows itself out this very way in almost everything we do. What's a strong force? Something that pushes hard. What's the weaker force? Something that's there to support you all the time. But without the two working in your life, you'd be one extreme or the other. The strong force is there to push you. Again, we need to be thankful. I know it sounds like I'm being a bit redundant saying that, but it's the truth. Our lack of gratitude has a direct correlation to the attitude in which we operate our day-to-day lives. Being thankful in the small things will only result in the big things being released to you. You know, the part of the harvest season, as I mentioned, was storing up for the winter months, having something in the cupboard. Specifically, so when there is a dry season, you're not dry. Somebody else may see it as dry. Like when COVID lockdown happens, some people could be sitting home wondering what they're going to do. Worrying about tomorrow. I didn't give it one minute. I did not, and I'm not here to brag. I'm telling you, my God that I serve supports me 100% in everything I do. Hey, Pastor Gary, I was at your place most of the time. But the reality is, God's got a plan. His plan's for good, not for evil. His plan is to bless you, not curse you. If your life is full of cursing, you better start looking at your life. Introspection is today. Examining oneself. It will give you lots of answers, whether you like them. That's up to you. God has an expectation for each one of us that we're following after him, in which case he will fulfill his word by releasing his promises in our lives. He's true, but he requires of us. Jesus said it in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added to you. He didn't say, you'll get all these things, and then you're going to love me so much that you're going to come and seek me. He knew better. If you can't be faithful in one department, you're probably not going to be in the other. So let's test you over here and see if you can do your part. And if you can, I'll release it all to you. I've got no reason to hold. I had somebody mention something back to the COVID period of time. Well, I'm so glad it was New Year's, and they said, I'm so glad that this year's over and nothing good came of it. And, and I said, well, if, if you didn't get anything good of the year, you need to reconsider your year because you missed something. If you didn't understand that maybe you needed to slow your life down and it was a good opportunity to do so, if for no other reason, so you understand there's more to life than racing the clock, Right? One day, the clock's not going to tick no more. I'm just saying. And none of us know when. Glory to God. Because if we did, we would do our own thing to prove we knew better. (laughs) Everything we need, that's what he promises to us. Seeking his kingdom first. Now that, folks, is a harvest in harvest season. Everything you have need of. Anybody here have a need? Anybody? Everything you have need of. 
He's already got it. So, <clears throat> funny story about, um, I don't know, I, I've probably mentioned it here before, but I, I like to um, do the pay it forward thing at Tim Hortons and stuff. And I like, I like the fact that it throws people off and it blesses people's day. And, and it, and I, what I love about it is it's random. I have no control over any of it. And, and that's the way my God works. He's in control of that stuff. You know, the guys tease me sometimes that you must have a lineup waiting at Tim Hortons. When you pull in, there he is right pulling behind him. But one day I was going through and typically it's the same couple girls that are working the window. And the one girl that's working the window says, that's too much money. Don't spend it. He's not worth it. And that's what I did. I went, I said, not my call. Not my call. I said, the moment I make the call, I bring that same judgment in my own life. Not doing it. It's unbiased. I have no idea what somebody else is going through. Who am I to judge? Right? Just saying, I just got shivers, so just telling you. We are to be unbiased and without prejudice. Don't prejudge people. Unless you're willing to put the shoes on, walk about 17 kilometers. I don't mean a mile. A mile's not long enough anymore. Used to be, I guess, when we had to walk through four feet of snow. In a nutshell, you know what? We need to celebrate God and what he's doing in our lives, regardless of how we see it. We can get focused on so many other things that we forget the fact that he's told us in Romans 8.28, all things work together for our good. Now, I know I mention it almost every time I speak, but it's real to me in my life. You can ask my wife. We have things that go on. Something will happen at work. I'm not concerned about it. Why am I not concerned about it? Because I think something better is coming for me. I'm assuming. I have no reason not to assume. His word tells me there's something better. So, I guess I have a suggestion. You need to know God and know who he is. Who he is. And what does he mean to you? Not me. I'm just another person. If it weren't for the grace of God, there go I. Right? But for him, it's who he is that makes you and me who we are today in him. One of my favorite chapters, and I have no idea where it came from uh, in Scripture, stems out of Isaiah 43. And when I was... Going through this, writing down some thoughts, it took me right back to this, because Isaiah 43, verses 10 to 17, and uh, I don't know if I put it up there. You don't, we're not going to read it all. It, it really gets into the... Let me tell you the backstory first. God's dealing with people here that got problems and that are blaming him for everything. 
doesn't matter how good it is, doesn't matter how bad it is, whatever they want to blame on them, they blame on them. And as fast as he can try to fix something for them, they go and carve idols, or they come up with another thing to chase after besides him. Does anybody know anybody that chases after idols? Polishes that car 12 more times in one day? Anyway, I'm just saying, we all have things in our lives, none of us are perfect, I'm just saying that at the, at the end of the day, we all need to work on ourselves. But God takes time here in this chapter to speak through Isaiah, to only tell us who he is. So we know who he is, right? Verse 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. That's who he is. Is that who he is to you today? I've declared and I've saved, I've proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses. That's what he's saying to you tonight says the Lord, I am God. Believe me? Hello. Indeed, before that the day was, I am he. There is no one who can deliver out of my hand. <laughs> I work, and who will reverse it? He's it. He's got it. He is it. Girls, you remember when you were 12 or 13, you were going to the school dance? Do you remember that guy? Or guys, you remember that girl. (laughs) Regardless of any of that, understand, God is all in all. He's beyond what we can think, what we can imagine. He's the most high. He holds the world in the palm of his hand, but but it's held together by his word. Which is true. It doesn't change. It changes not. So if it doesn't change that our sun comes up and our sun goes down, our moon comes around, and that the world is moving through this strong force and weak force, can't you understand that he cares about everything in your life? Our life is short, mind you, in the scope of eternity, right? Verse 14, thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring them down as fugitives. So he'll even bring down your enemies. He is everything you have need of. So, again, I, I wasn't going to read that whole section. I just, I love that. Because it's God telling us who he is to us. And he's our everything. I wrote down this, it says, uh, to see what you understand about this, is that the people of Israel were operating out of rebellion in their lives, but God. And then I said, but God. Even when they were in complete rebellion, he went back and said, you need to tell them again who I am. Because they forgot. How many of us would have just hit the fry button? (laughs) We're done, right? You didn't get it the first 1,200 times I told you. But that's not God. He wants us to remember the good things that he's done. Why? To build their faith, to build their trust that the God of all creation that did everything that you see behind is also in control of everything that you see ahead. So regardless what your eyes see, don't focus on the Goliath. Don't focus on the mountain. Focus on 
your God. Because to him, none of those things mean anything. If it weren't for the forces that we don't see, none of those would even exist. Poof, gone. Just like that. So after the verse 17, it gets us into the, my favorite part of this chapter, which is, and God reminds me that he doesn't change. So if he doesn't change, it's as real today as it was 2,600 years ago. Verse 18, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. So, remember where we started. It's about Thanksgiving, right? They shall declare my praise, who I am. They shall be the ones that declare who I am. And he wants to show himself forth in your life. He wants to make the river where there isn't one for you. He wants to move the mountain that seems so big to you, but not so big to him. He wants to show himself true to you if you'll only seek first his kingdom. Then all these things will be added to you. See, it's all, it's full circle, right? Like the, the word of God is... It says that it's a two-edged sword. Why? Because it cuts more than one way. As much as it cuts one way, it can cut the other way if you don't follow it correctly. Understand that. So this is a declaration that makes the difference in our lives, right? That we declare who God is to us, what he is, and don't forget it. He wants us to know who he is. He doesn't want us to forget what, we, what he's done in the past. Not that we would... Consider that it has to happen that way, but we remember who he is, to have faith that he's the same guy that's propelling us forward. You hear me? Not the same thing has to happen tomorrow that happened 20 years ago, but he wants you to remember he did that for you. Pastor Gary started tonight by going there. He was reminded of the fact that he gave away some things, and during that whole process, how it's unfolded over the years into blessing, into people, into more people, into more people. That's the way God works. We couldn't fathom in our minute minds half of it. We we couldn't even figure it out. Pastor Gary said to me one day, we passed each other by, by the Starbucks over there in Woodlawn. How many things have to happen in the run of a day or someone's life to make two people that don't even live in this, that town or that area run into one another or pass one another. There's, there's hundreds of thousands of people driving around our city every day. So you got to think about that stuff. So when you have that opportunity, when you have that divine encounter of your day, which you should be looking for, what are you going to do about it? What's your attitude? Is it a gratitude attitude? Understand that the goodness of God is there so he can show forth his, his proof of his power in our lives. Jordan so boldly sang tonight, evidence of his goodness. Our lives can be full of it. Mine is. I don't know about the rest of you. Can't speak for anybody else. Thanksgiving truly is a time to be grateful to God 
who chooses to lavish our lives with his goodness through our actions. You hear me? He chooses to lavish his goodness in our lives, but through our actions first. It's an act of our will to motivate him or to move him. The promises have already been made, so he holds true. So if you find yourself coming up short, no worries. God's not a respecter of persons either, right? What he has done for the people of Israel in Isaiah 43, he'll do for you. He'll gladly do it for you. He wants to show himself to you. If you have a question, he will be glad to prove himself to you. He takes good pleasure in taking the weak and making them strong. He takes good pleasure in blessing those who need blessing. So put the Lord first place, and he will do the same for you. He'll crown your efforts with success, as he does for me. And I know he does for me. All the time. All the time. Every time I turn around, something happens, and I think, I should have. Well, I didn't, so God, what did you have for me there? And, and it's always there. Now, I know part of it's probably my expector. I expect it, so he's there for me. I get that. And we've heard Pastor Gary say and preach before about our expector being broken, right? Sometimes we need to learn to expect more. Yeah, because he'll be there to do it. If, if we're not getting something that we're waiting on, we need to find out why, right? He wants to bless your life, and he wants to pour out his life to you. He doesn't want to hold back. It's not, it's not even in his nature. Even when you're offending him, he wants to show himself to you. So this Thanksgiving, learn to be thankful. Learn to be grateful. Learn to let go like the month of Elul, of the things of the past, so you can move into the fullness, the fullness of the blessing. You, don't, you cannot get the fullness until you let go of the past. And that's in every area of your life. Could be one thing that you're carrying around from the past, but you're still dragging the past into your future. One thing. It's crazy, isn't it? But that's how God works. He wants to show himself to you, and he needs you to submit to him. Just commit your life. Some people don't like the word submit. It sounds wrong, I guess, but because people used it for weddings and stuff. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, God just wants you to love him back. Like, he loves us. Not conditionally either. Thank goodness for that. So that's about it for tonight, guys. God's goodness is all over us. He wants to bless your life. Commit your ways to him, and he will bless you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. 
For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.